0: Welcome to episode 132 of the Galen Trombley Show. Uh, my guest today is Danny King from TDC, and uh, she is the business development manager there. And I met, where did I meet you?
1: Uh, North Country Connection, the North Country Chamber, I think.
0: Was that it? Okay. I, that's what I thought, but I, my memory's terrible. Um, actually, I'm in year three of that program, and I'm trying to beat Seth Adams. And Seth <laughs> continues to sign up. So my goal is to just be one more than Seth. But um, I met you a couple years ago. Um, you were, I, I thought a pretty cool position there. Now you switched over to TDC. I think a cool position there. I think a cool company. Um, so you're kind of, um, in a lot of important roles and at least I think so from an outsider's perspective, <laughs> I'll let you expand on that. Um, but I'm always interested in seeing what you do and I think you're involved in a lot of stuff. So I thought it'd be kind of cool to pick your brain and, and, uh, get to know you a little bit better. So, uh, Danny, so this. The people that do not know you, give Mm -hmm. us kind of a rundown of who you are, where you came from, how you got the 2021,
1: Danny. Sure. Um, So I grew up in Malone, just outside of Malone, New York. So I went to Franklin Academy. Um, From there, I went to SUNY Plattsburgh, went to the big city for college. (laughs) (laughs) Um, East coast. Yes. Uh, I changed my major probably four times, but ended up with uh, public relations and it it's a really great program there because they really push you to get involved in the community and get that experiential learning. So I got an internship my senior year and I was with uh, Steve Peters at the city recreation department. And as it was wrapping up and I was nearing graduation, he said, Oh, Hey, there's, um, a job opening at the chamber. And I said, Oh, you know, I had no idea of what it was, but it was a marketing job and it was for events and all this great stuff, and I was like, "That sounds perfect. You know, I had all this you know new college grad confidence. I was selected to give the commencement address, so my ego was huge. Go. I thought I was like some big shot. You know, I bought my first suit for the interview. It was great. And I didn't get the job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is at the chamber? Yes,
1: yeah, so at the chamber. So um, which they chose a much better candidate, um, but I was kind of like, "Oh, what now?" Um, so I was, uh, working a part-time job at a hotel locally. And I was like, you know what, I'll just kind of float along. And then Jody Parks called me and said, Hey, we need someone part-time at the front desk. She said, this is not a full-time position. You know, it's not what you were looking for originally, but I was like, Hey, it's a foot in the door. So I did, I was the office assistant. I answered phones. I helped tourists find brochures. I moved the conference room tables around and uh, about three months in I was applying to jobs all over. just trying to, you know, get into the PR and events game. And uh, I had just gotten a call for a job interview in Austin, Texas for like a business publication or something completely random, you know, when you're just out of college and you're applying to everything on Indeed Mm -hmm. you can find. And I was like, oh, well, that's really cool. And the next day I came into the chamber and Sue Matten approached me and said, hey, there's an opening in the Economic Development Department you know we already had your resume on file we think you'd be a good fit and i was like i have no idea what economic development means or does but sure <laughs> um that's great you know i get to stay in the area and uh so i jumped in with both feet um i still wanted to do events so i started a wedding planning business on the side okay. <laughs> um which uh lasted about a year and then i was like okay I'm kind of going half speed at both of these things and I need to just focus on something. So I chose the chamber because working with Sue and I know you did an episode with Sue. I listened to that. Yeah. She was great. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. She was just the nicest such person. an incredible mentor to me. And she still is to this day. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to give this whole economic development thing a shot. It's really interesting. And so I went back to school online. And I got my master's in economic development uh, and workforce development. And then the whole, Um, transportation cluster thing came to be uh, and NamTrans became, you know, a real thing. And I was selected to step into the director role, the first director of NamTrans. And that was really interesting to take an organization kind of from uh, the brainchild of so many great leaders in our community um, and just make it an actual thing. Um, You know, from getting a logo and a website to just, you know, getting the funding lined up and uh, organizing the hard work of so many other people. So,
0: so you kind of just fell into where you're like, I mean, you're now actually we'll keep going to now we'll pick, we'll go back and pick at it. Yeah. So, um, chamber of commerce, you were there up until what, probably a year and a half, two years ago.
1: Uh, June, 2019 is when I moved to the develop TDC, okay. formerly the development corporation.
0: Okay. So how did that transition happen? Because you're still in development. You know, yes. Still, you con- yeah.
1: Yeah. So- It's, I love economic development. It's, it's such a a unique industry because you're never doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're working with totally different companies with totally different industries and types of people and personalities from different parts of the world. And it's just, and you're, you know, a part of something so much bigger, you know, bringing, um, helping to bring, you know, companies here that are creating jobs and you, you know, see your neighbors and people that, you know, who, you know, find really great career opportunities there. And you just feel like, you're really contributing to the heart of a community. And that's what I love about it.
0: So as the business development manager, so what's your, what's your day to day role? Like, what do you do?
1: Right. So, um, I, well, I wasn't looking to leave my last job. I, uh, was approached about this role and I waffled on it for a very long time. (laughs) I was very, very happy, um, where I was. And it was just kind of a step in, a not a new direction, but a next step in a different direction. So at uh, TDC, uh, my role is really, I have my hands in a lot of different things, um, which is what I really enjoy. So I am, you know, interfacing with our tenant companies. So not just, you know, negotiating leases and finding companies to fill buildings, but also, you know, meeting with them to find out, you know, if they're having any difficulty with anything so that I can connect them to you know, either business services or um, you know, resources to help them be as successful as they can or to expand and add more jobs, which is always a great thing. Um, and also the workforce development side of things, which I really enjoy, you know, trying to uh, create more awareness about the opportunities that are in our community for young people to develop their career. Because, you know, growing up here, you always hear that, get out, you know, mm-hmm. don't get stuck here. It's, you know, the whole mindset. And there are so many global companies that, you know, you can still, you can travel, you can experience so much. Um, but that, you know, that those experiences and the opportunity is right in your backyard.
0: So, um, now having gone into like the new, like the TDC, like how... Like, what's your focus every day when you go to something like that? Economic development, obviously, to bring jobs. And, you know, and I was reading through the website, and I'm, a f- I'm familiar with the company, probably not as much as I should be, but, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I know enough of what you guys do. Um, but, like, what's your goal every day you go in? Like, what do you focus on? What is something that you try to move the needle on each day?
1: Uh, it's different every day. I mean, overall, you know, TDC's mission is to attract and retain real quality investment and in jobs in the greater Plattsburgh region. So everything we do is working toward that goal. Um, So we're, you know, we're a private not-for-profit, you know, we have a board of directors who, you know, helps govern the organization and to make sure that we're staying focused on that mission and doing everything we can um, to move that forward. So when I go into work, you know, I might be uh, following up with a prospective company to try to find them space that will work for them or I might be working with a tenant to help line up a a grant opportunity for uh, training so they can invest in their employees to help retain the workforce they have. Uh, It's, and that's what's so great about it is it's different every day.
0: So kind of give us a background on the TDC, like how many people work there? um, History of it. I mean, I I did a little research on this, (laughs) but like I said, throwing it in kind of like the space you have, the buildings you have, the land you have, kind of what you offer to, to prospective clients.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a really unique organization. Um, this is actually our 60th year, uh, 60 year anniversary uh, in 2021. Uh, there are seven people that work there. Um, and originally it was started by a group of business people who recognized an opportunity that, um, you know, there is a lot of activity in Canada and they're looking to, you know, come to this area. So they, you know, put up buildings and, uh, I believe the original intent was to sell them. And then they realized, oh, the that's not the market. They want to mm-hmm. lease these spaces. So it's uh, just completely grown from there. Right now we have, um, I believe, 19 industrial buildings. Uh, we just put up a brand new 60,000 square foot um, spec warehouse. It's uh, three 20,000 square foot uh, space. Is this the
0: one right behind your new office?
1: It is. Okay. we're going
0: to ask about your new office soon too, but yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, but uh, over 700,000 square feet of premier industrial space. Our buildings are impeccably mm-hmm. maintained. We have a phenomenal... Uh, facilities and projects manager, Roger Livernois, anybody who's in manufacturing over on that end of town knows Roger. He is uh, fantastic. And so it's good quality space and we're more than a landlord. You know, we're really trying to help these businesses succeed and grow and do what they need to do to stand out in their industry.
0: So at TDC, you guys have locations on on the base, I say the base, the old base, like the old, not base, but uh. The old airport, yes. right? So you have that, you have the one down on Banker, right? Because you have that little space there on the right across mm-hmm. from the town offices. And then Champlain, you have some too, right? Yes. So Off of Route 11.
1: our primary park uh, right now is uh, Air Industrial Park. So that's okay. where um, along like Military Turnpike, Area Development Drive, Industrial yep. Boulevard. Like Norsk and and all them. Yep. Okay. Um, so not all of the business, businesses in there are TDC buildings, um, mm-hmm. but there are... Quite a few in there, and that's kind of where we're focusing um, our building and expansion, at least right now. The new building, our new office building, uh, it's a great entrance to the industrial community of Plattsburgh. Then we have the Banker Road Industrial Park, where we have two buildings over there, plus some land uh, that's available for build-to-suit. Um, and then Champlain, there used to be building inventory that TDC owned up in Champlain. Right now, it's just land, so that's available for uh, for sale or build-to-suit.
0: Do you guys sell a lot, or is it mostly lease?
1: Mostly lease, Um, once in a blue moon.
0: Um, So, the new building that you guys are in, because it looks, I mean, I've seen it from the outside. I haven't been in it, but it looks cool. It's obviously in a cool spot, too, because it's like right in the heart of that little strip right there. So, how's the new building? Because you guys were originally on on Banker, right? Wasn't that the headquarters? And then you switched, you kind of went into like the new craft building for about a blink of an eye and then you went there. So, um, so how's the new building? How's it suit you guys? Kind of, is there room for expansion in that? Obviously I'm sure it's up to date and all high tech and stuff, but kind of build off of that little, that space.
1: Yeah. Our new office is unbelievable. (laughs) It's fantastic. And the, uh, the original TDC offices over on banker road. Um, we actually moved out of there because we had a tenant who wanted to expand. And so, you know, our mission is not to have you know, a great office, our mission is to encourage investment and growth of jobs. So we were like, absolutely. We moved out of that space and moved into the new craft building uh, temporarily, knowing that we were going to be building an office. Mm-hmm. So yeah, moving offices twice in a global pandemic uh, <laughs> uh, is not <laughs> easy. Good and time. so um, definitely huge round of applause for the whole staff for managing through that but um our new office is really well positioned not just in the industrial park but also the view i mean you look out over the um the former county airport and i mean you just see the adirondacks it's just the mountains it's phenomenal um and so it's really a great spot for you know in the future when things are more normal and we're able to invite prospective businesses in to you know, get to know the area, it's a great first spot to visit.
0: Have have you guys found I mean with the border being closed, that have a big impact or are you still able to do some stuff?
1: It's it's really difficult. Yeah. Um, and you know it's a tricky subject because you know we there's really there hasn't been a lot of movement as to what we should be expecting. Mm -hmm. Um, So in the background, you know, we still have a lot of great relationships with um, folks up in Canada. So we're trying to, you know, plan for some things to re-engage those relationships once the border does open. Um, And I know that there are a lot of great leaders in our community who are pushing to get some sort of plan for reopening. Um, But it, you know, it's just very difficult for the traditional um, you know, prospective business conversations to happen the way it is right now.
0: We were in the, uh, yesterday, the North country connections year yep. three shout out, um, to everybody there. But, um, so Gary was speaking and Billy was there also mm-hmm. Billy Jones. So they were both kind of, that was like the major thing was mm-hmm. the border being closed. I know. I mean, if anybody follows Gary on LinkedIn, I think Gary posts every day about the border <laughs> not being open. So, and, and the thing with Gary, I, I love Gary because he's been doing this so long that really he can just say what everybody's thinking and nobody like, you don't have to tiptoe cause he just <laughs> says it. And they're like, we all agree with you, Gary. So it's uh we all agree with what Gary said. So I think that he's, you know, having someone like that in our community, that's a big advocate, but also, um, you know, you know where his position is and he right. doesn't mix you know emotions or feelings. He's just like, this is what needs to be done for the betterment of the region. Um, but I just figured, you know, right now, obviously kind of a, not an ideal time, especially when we have, that's such a life, like a lifeline for mm-hmm. us. Um, Now, kind of, I guess when you've stepped in, so you've been there almost nineteen. You said Mm -hmm. mid nineteen, so almost two years. How has how has TDC changed from two thousand nineteen to now? I mean, two years, obviously, rebranding was a big deal. Yes, Um, and I know there's your website looks really good, Um, and website headshots. I mean, it's a very professional looking uh, page. So, um, but how has things changed since you've come on?
1: Um, I think you know the rebranding is really the big piece of it. And there's been a lot of, uh, you know, just change in the faces in the organization in those two years, you know, a new president and CEO, uh, just over two years ago, mm-hmm. um, I came on board, um, it'll be two years in June. And then we brought on a digital marketing specialist. Um, it'll be two years in October. So Alyssa, right? yes, yeah, Alyssa, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. incredible. Uh, yeah. she's a real asset nice to our team. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, trying to, Reintroduce TDC to the community. Um, you know, there, if you're not working directly in economic development or you're not a tenant in one of our parks, then you probably don't know who we are. And just by, you know, in passing hearing, you know, our name, it just doesn't really resonate. And uh, we rebranded to how we were, how we are known in the community and have been um, for a while, which is TDC, which is formerly an abbreviation of, you know, the Development Corporation of Clinton County. Um, but that name, it led to, you know, some miscommunication and misunderstanding. It's a you mouthful. Know. Yeah. It, it's a mouthful. Yeah. Um, you know, people think that, you know, we're, a, you know, a dev- private, you know, super developer with, you know, for profit, or they think that we're handing out money. They think that it was just really a misunderstanding of the, the true value of our organization to the community. So we have, um, you know, trying to, retain that really great history i mean 60 years in this community has brought so much um you know such so value so many jobs and just uh you know impact of the work that's been done in the decades before you know i was you know even even born <laughs> born yeah. Yeah. um and so trying to retain that and you know give it a new professional look with our logo i mean boyer benner group did our um, our logo design and they worked so well with us and, uh, doing our website and getting us kind of really, um, well positioned to have these conversations with, you know, prospective companies and with our partners in the community.
0: Um, so NAMS trend, when you got in the NAMS trend, kind of going back a little bit, you were the, I say the fa- you were founder, but you were no. the first director. <laughs> I was the first director, yeah. not the founder. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even know if there's a founder or whatever, but when it came to be that we were putting like that cluster, mm-hmm. um, obviously you had been in economic development a little bit, but do you find that being kind of put into that initial role? Because I know jo- Joel's doing it now and, um, and doing it, a
1: dang good job. Yeah, and
0: jo- Joel, Joel's just, uh, I mean, he's a Class A player. So, I mean, he's, um, but going into that role, do you find that that was something, did you kind of dive in feet first and like, I just got to learn it or was this something we're like, Hey, no, I really understand this going into it. To me, that seems like a fairly big role and probably something that, you know, with it being such like an economic driver of our area. And again, Gary, talking about clusters and talking mm-hmm. about the, you know, these transportation clusters, um, how was that initially going into that and how many years were you involved before you took that, like took that role on?
1: So I, uh, first I joined the chamber staff in 2014, um, I was that office assistant for about three months, and then I was an economic development assistant. And then it was 2017 uh, when uh, Namtrans was funded, and I was, um, you know, brought on as the first director. Uh, intimidating, but exciting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, working, you know, in the business community of the. Greater Plattsburgh region, you recognize transportation equipment and aerospace is just—I mean—that's what so many of the manufacturing companies are, and that's where a lot of the opportunity is. And so I tried to position myself there, kind of even before I took that role. So with my uh, my master's degree, I you know did my final, you know, case study thesis on cluster development. And I tried to, you know, understand the benefits and the inner workings of like labor pooling and knowledge sharing and, um, you know, geographic proximity and how that can benefit, you know, a supply chain and how, you know, we're so uniquely positioned because yes, we have the cluster in the North country, you know, I mean, 50 plus transportation equipment companies in, you know, such a, a a micropolitan Mm -hmm. area is... It's impressive, um, but also the benefit of a kind of the partner clusters across the border, you know, the Quebec Ground Transportation and Aero Montreal and these great partners that have this really wonderful foundation of how they're working together and how they're kind of creating entire systems to support these industries um, and being able to just capitalize on those relationships. Uh, so it was a lot of, um, you know, just trying to learn as much as I could, and understand where, uh, you know, the actual founders of NamTrans, you know, uh, Gary and uh, actually the Development Corporation at that time was super involved in, you know, when, uh, you know, Bombardier, Novabus and those first real players in the industry came into town and recognizing that, you know, this is a good opportunity.
0: So, um, like in a day-to-day situation, who, who are you, I guess back then and also now, who are the people that you normally work with? Like obviously you have clients and stuff, but what other organizations, what other people, what other agencies are you involved with back in the chamber days and then also currently with TDC?
1: A lot of them are the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, in the chamber days, it was also working, um, you know, on the membership side of things. So the business services that, uh, businesses who are chamber members can capitalize on, uh, Now, as far as resource partners, it's a lot of the same. And actually, we uh, just put out one of our marketing videos and it says it in there, you know, TDC's role in this community is as a partner, you know, working with the chamber, working with, um, you know, technical assistance centers like SciTech or, you know, the community college and the IAM and SUNY Plattsburgh um, and pulling in every aspect of economic development from labor pipeline to, you know, support services for these companies who are coming in and need, assistance to learn how to do business in the U S
0: do you guys do, do a lot with the colleges, like trying for like work, uh, you talk like working develop or worker development, like mm-hmm. trying to get them. Um, you know, I know, um, is it Clinton? They have the, uh, what's the, what's the formal name of that? I oh, the miss- IAM. Is that what it is? Yeah, the
1: Institute for Advanced Manufacturing. Yes, Yes.
0: Advanced Manufacturing. So do you work a lot with them or work a lot with the colleges to get like local kids or people coming to the area to kind of stay here through that?
1: That's the goal. You know, I think uh, the pandemic has put a little bit of a hitch in a lot of the planning um, just without, you know, that in-person and the, um, you know, just students having this weird hybrid learning landscape that's been the past year and a half. But uh, we're really trying to... Push that because you know obviously I recognize the value of internships and you know, engaging with the college students because that's what got me to not move to Texas mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and I think that you know we're trying to you know walk the walk you know we have an intern that's going to be starting in our office um, in a couple of weeks first week in June so you know trying to understand what it means to have a valuable internship something that benefits us but also shows you know, the, the value of the business community and, you know, what, uh, you know, someone who may be graduating, how they could benefit from it and what type of job opportunities are here. Because, you know, a lot of our global companies, they're not on Ruger street. They're not on broad street. So it's, uh, they're easy to be overlooked.
0: Did, did you ever want to move out of the area?
1: Um, of course, you know, I think Mm -hmm. that it's, uh, everybody, no matter where you grow up, there's always that, hmm, I wonder what it would be like to move, uh, kind of mindset. But I've been very fortunate, uh, in my professional roles that I've had a lot of opportunity for travel, um, while still living in the North country.
0: How did you come to Plattsburgh? I mean, I shouldn't say how I know because it's college, but like, how did you go to, um, why did you go to Plattsburgh state over, did you apply any other place or was it just kind of like kind of out of the, you know, an hour away. Don't stay at home, but still close enough and go home on like weekends.
1: I think that, you know, I, I really like the, the family aspect of it, just being close. Um, am you know, one of four and we're all still in the area. And so it's really great to have, um, you know, now that, you know, I'm a parent, it's great to have, you know, my son be able to interact with his cousins and his aunts and his uncles. Um, but I think that it will be, I think something because I lost my train of thought (laughs) (laughs) staying in the area like not moving out yeah yeah um there's so much about this area that's just when you're young and you're you know trying to rebel against things and you're not thinking about um you know what's actually here for opportunity you're just thinking of you know my parents don't know anything the adults don't know anything um I came to SUNY Plattsburgh because well I was going to be a broadcast journalist uh, and SUNY Plattsburgh had that program. So it was between Plattsburgh and Oswego. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I ended up choosing SUNY Plattsburgh and a
0: little bit less snow, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And obviously that didn't pan out. Uh, My uh, broadcast dreams were crushed when I realized that uh, you have to move around a lot and it's really not great hours. And
0: (laughs) yeah, the the amount people move, like when you get someone Mm -hmm. like I always look like Tom Messner has been here for 30 something years. I'm like, how did this guy like dodge the bullet of having yeah. to go like, you know, out to Idaho or something and do the do the news out there? Um, so that was it, broadcast journalism, and then you went from there to public public relations is a, kind of within that; it's communications, right?
1: Yeah, it's in kind of the same department, which I think was what I wanted because I didn't want to have to retake a lot of the prerequisites. <laughs> I, uh, you know, when you're in um, one of those you know, typical honor students in high schools, you take a lot of the college prereqs. So I didn't have Mm -hmm. to take a lot of the general education courses. And I still wanted to graduate early. So I was like, hmm, I don't want to work in television, but I have all these communication credits. What's left? (laughs) And, uh, thank goodness I found PR because through that, um, you know, I realized I might not want to work in like corporate PR. Mm -hmm. Um, but I met so many great people and professors and was involved with so many great programs um like uh, professor colleen lemza and the shine on program that was a huge influencer of you know most of my college education and how i decided to um you know come to stay in the area
0: um you said calling it lemza right Mm -hmm i on. I just joined a board. I'm on with her, and I haven't. I actually have heard her name over and over again. I haven't met her. I, might, I probably should do some research and get her on here and talk to her. But um, what is she the professor of?
1: Hmm. So she, um, she's a professor of public relations. I'm not sure if her
0: that's your t- she, title. She, has she just did like the NASA that- thing with all the kids.
1: Yes, that but, shine on.
0: Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, see, this is I'm like I. This was me. I went to college. I went to Plattsburgh State. I was mm-hmm. three and a half years, and I was like a. I was like. A, <laughs> I was like a flash. I kind of went in, did my classes, went home. Because yep. I stayed at home. I was working. I was coaching. I was doing a bunch of stuff not on campus. So I basically went to Plattsburgh State by, like, degree only. Okay. Um, so I really don't know a lot of people at Plattsburgh. But she did the NASA thing. Mm-hmm. And she wrote in the email with everybody on the board of, like, something about, well, once the NASA thing's over. And I thought she was, like, joking. Because I'm like, I don't know what she's doing. And they're like, oh, no, you actually talked to a- astronauts. Which yeah. I thought was, like, <laughs> just blew my I love space. So that like, blew my mind that that was something that she Yeah, I guess coordinated, but, um, so we'll get away from that, but public, uh, public relations, I mean, besides you got the degree in that you went right to the chamber, right? So there was nothing in between that, but you, I mean, public relations is, you can use it in pretty much anything. It's, it's
1: all about, you know, communication skills and mm -hmm. written skills and how to basically communicate with your public.
0: Do you, uh, do you like writing?
1: Uh, in some respects, um, I am a procrastinator okay. a lot of the time. <laughs> so if I have like, you know, big involved things to write out, I, you know, don't always get so to work it you right work good away. under pressure. Yes. Okay. Very good under pressure. Um, <laughs> I can crank out a 10 page paper in a, a night as long as I have enough Red Bull. Uh, God, not anymore. But, um, <laughs> but no, and I think it's really important, you know, you recognize the importance of messaging and how to relate a message to a large group of people or a specific group of people to where it's not going to get, you know, like the game of telephone, they're, they're going to understand what the intent is. Um, and that's a really unique skill, especially, uh, in now this hyper-connected sphere of social media and online connectivity.
0: Um, uh, well, I was actually going to ask how you stay organized, which I don't know if, like I said, you obviously stay organized. Maybe it's procrastinating because I, <laughs> one of the things at least a couple things I didn't know about you and a couple of things I did know about you mm-hmm. is that one, obviously your work. I know you're a recent uh, recent mother, yes. right? You have a little little guy, right, at yeah, home? Yeah, he's two and a half. Two and a half. That's such a great age. Um, so little guy at home. I'm going to call you a farmer. Maybe (laughs) we'll get into that because I always find like I I follow you on Instagram and I think you post more photos about, well, obviously your kid, which is totally understandable as as a parent, but I think your next thing you post is just like chickens and goats and everything else. So, um, but how do you stay organized with that? Knowing that then I start looking at you're at different boards and different advisory councils and you're on all this stuff. How do you kind of package this all in a day and try to keep yourself sane? Because again, we were just talking off air before we started both have young kids. It's that adds I always I say this all the time if you I didn't rec- I didn't recognize this before I had kids, but the amount of free time you have before you have children yeah. and you take it for granted, then once you have kids, you wonder how you <laughs> didn't get more done before you had kids cuz now you get more done when you have kids, but it just feels like you never sleep or we're drinking coffee all day long. So, how do you keep all of that together in your day? Like do you have a systems? Do you have kind of the seat of your pants? Like, how does it work?
1: Um, I, I should have a better system. I really should. (laughs) Um, you know, my phone calendar is pretty great for most things. Um, I rely on, you know, my colleagues for a lot of it, you know, like Alyssa, she is the one of the most organized people I know. And so the marketing side of TDC is, you know, she has it down to an absolute science and I am eternally grateful for that. Um, I think you know the different boards and involvement in things both locally and you know being involved with uh, you know the International Economic Development Council, so mm-hmm. getting to speak with you know people in the industry from you know across the globe, really. Uh, I think it helps because you know, I'm not just focusing on one piece of the puzzle. Like I'm not just doing you know my work on Project A you know, and then going home, it's okay. I have a call with this person and I have a call with, you know, this board and I have to finish this project by Friday. And it just kind of allows me to segment things, um, which might not be the most uh, productive way, but it's working for me so far. Um, until I can teach my son to use Google drive and then we're just going to be set.
0: (laughs) So do you have a, I I always struggle with this as I'm trying to I've been, I just get stressed out because not, I love what I do. Mm -hmm. It's just when you look at everything you have to do and then it just gets overwhelming and then it gets to the stuff that I'm not getting to during the day. And that stresses me out because I hate, I hate delaying stuff that should be done because I don't like to procrastinate. I'm kind of one where like, if we can do it now, let's not wait till next week. Let's just do it now and get out of the way. Um, but I do have a hard time with shutting work off, my mind's always racing. When I go home, I try to, I'm not good at it. Like it's something that I struggle with. Do you have, are you able to really separate work, go home, hang out, you know, husband, kid, that's kind of like family time. Can you separate the two? Or is your mind like always taking projects home? Or are you,
1: it, it depends. And I mean, I think I overwhelm myself with home projects too, okay. which was uh, pretty easy to do, you know, working from home. Um, and then now, you know, back in the office, uh, And, you know, going home and seeing, oh, I've started all of these hobbies and we've started all of these projects here too. Um, You know, I think being able to be connected and still work from home when I need to, or, you know, if an email comes in from a tenant after hours, I'm still able to respond. And I like that um, because it makes me feel productive and like I'm providing value that way. Um, But I do also completely recognize the importance of kind of putting my phone down and just being really, you know, intentional and present with my husband and my son. Um, but right now we're doing a big like home renovation project. So it's like, <laughs> why uh, not? Right. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> the cost of lumber is you know, skyrocketing, but sure. Let's add a dining room. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, so I go home and there's, you know, my husband and I actually had a similar conversation about, you know, just kind of trying to put too much in a day. Um, yeah. and prioritizing is, not always uh, my strong suit um but we're getting there you know
0: i i find that you know when you're a kid you just figure your parents have it figured out and you just like go through life and you're just like (laughs) i don't know mom and dad take care of it and i i i think in my head i want to always do stuff and i always want to come across to my kids that they have at least confidence that i know what i'm doing (laughs) when deep down i know like i have no clue what i'm doing it's just you you know and I was one where I had kids. I just don't read about like a manual on how to re- raise kids. I was just like, I'll figure it out, like anything else, because everybody's different. And when people always ask me for advice with parenting, I'm like, number one, do what works best for you yep. because it's completely different. My, what I'm going to say is going to be completely irrelevant to whatever you do because everybody's got different schedules and work, and human emotions are a real thing with little kids, and mm-hmm. um, especially at two and a half, you know full well. Um, so it's like just trying to organize all that and like, just recognize, like, your day's not really – like, you just don't know what you're doing every day. And I think it's I'm, – I'm good at – when I say I get stressed out and stuff, I'm very – like, I, things can happen and change. Like, mm-hmm. if this something changed or changed, I'm, I'm good. I'm flexible. I don't get, like, worked up if something changes. But I say that in the same breath as I literally live and die by a calendar, and I check my phone – I probably check, if you say like open your phone and check something on your phone, I check my calendar more than anything in the day when I open up my phone because I, my memory's terrible mm-hmm. and I have like this deep down, like, uh, kind of like fear that I'm forgetting something oh, yeah. always. So I'm always like looking at notes or looking at reminders and be like, did I, did I remember? Did I remember? Like Danny's coming, Danny's coming and Danny's coming. Like I probably looked and saw like my schedule today 30 times. Like it never moved. Like you were coming in at a certain time of the day. And I just continue to look at it because I'm like, well, did something get added? Did something get changed? And I'm just like, I don't know. It's like, it's a problem. It's a real problem. But I just find that we never have anything really going correctly. It's just kind of you just stumble through life and figure it out. And life gives you more stuff and takes stuff away and you keep adding. And I don't know. I just figure if kids look at us like we know what we're doing, then at least oh, yeah. we're kind of faking it till, till hopefully they're old enough to realize like, oh, that's all right. Mom and dad gave it the best shot. I didn't get too screwed up. So... <laughs>
1: Common, confident, right? Yeah, that, I, yeah,
0: I love it. So, um, farm life. Talk about your farm life here, because um, I don't know. I'm going to put that under hobbies too, but I think farm life. Like, what got you into that? Is just the fact you live out in west. I say Western New York. It's not really Western, okay. I guess. Was it Northern New York? Is that what you call it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's west of here, right?
0: Because yeah. they always say like Western New York is like Syracuse and out, and oh, I'm always, like Buffalo. Central or Buffalo. I'm like, yep. to me, I always think Western. <laughs> I think Western is literally past the turnpike. I'm like, that's <laughs> what, like even Ellenberg. I'm like, that's Western New York. I had a buddy who lives uh, uh, in St. Lawrence County. I'm like, you're like West New York. It's like, we're not in West New York. I'm like, well.
1: West North country.
0: West North country. There we go. We'll call it that. So how'd you get into the farm life? Oh
1: my goodness. Um, can I say it's a product of the pandemic? Um, I'll blame it on COVID. I think we can do that with a lot of things. Uh, but no, I, we were, uh, you know, it was last spring and we were, you know, looking at being home for quite a while. And when we bought our house, uh, we live in Franklin County. Mm -hmm. So when we bought our house, you know, we're the only house on the road. It's, uh, but I'm like five minutes from a Dunkin' Donuts. So it's like literally dream location. Um, but it has this big horse barn. And I was like, I am not responsible enough for a horse, uh, ever. Um, But I would really love something more low-maintenance. I was like, chickens Chickens. would be so much fun. You know, we had, at that time, two dogs and two cats. And I'm like, oh, you know, some outside animals would be so great. And I just kind of would get, like, the look from my husband. And uh, when everything happened and we were stuck at home, I'm like, well, you know, you know, our son is, you know, he's home. He's not going to daycare right now. It would be great if he had something educational, something to do. And that's how the chickens came to be. We started with 10 and then before spring was up last year, we got six more. And then we have six more that are getting ready to go into the coop. And uh, he, my, uh, I was saying how I was at Tractor Supply and they had a bunch of chicks marked down to like a dollar and they looked sad. And I was like, you know, he's like, we'll get six more then, you know. And then like, okay. Wow. So you got <laughs> over
0: that hump pretty quick.
1: Yeah. Uh, the big one was the goats. Uh, so <laughs> that was actually... I. I think I really worked our uh, first wedding anniversary on that one <laughs> like what a gift
0: do you get the molana anymore
1: well they're they're in a run oh okay. um, yeah I uh, it's too nerve-wracking for me to do free range but they have a big run and we actually just um, opened up the gate so the goats and the chickens now like intermingle um it makes me feel better because I feel like um, our Kevin our goat he has the, <laughs> the big horns yeah and uh, he I feel like is a good protector of the chickens keeps like the big scary birds and other things that'll come and get them you, you
0: kind of have like a real life charlotte's web right kind of going yeah. on slowly without like all I, we, we um we actually watched like a portion of that like months ago and i'll i'll be honest like i watched as a kid and you're like farm animals and we watched probably like 20 minutes and i just changed it. i was like bored my kids weren't really into mm-hmm. it and i was like it's a little more gruesome than i thought like the oh, yeah. 70s man those kids grew up hard so or our parents, I should say, grew up pretty hard. But yeah, it's not its not like the feel-good story of like babe or like something else. So Charlotte's Web, pretty pretty wild. But um, so goats, chickens, how much maintenance do you have on these things?
1: Um, it's, you know, there's we want them to have a good quality of life. So there's some, you know, cleaning out their little habitats and making sure they have enough, um, you know, to eat and to graze and trying to rotate things as much. Um, my husband, as much as he was... Not uh, excited about it. He's he's a rock star, and so when it's like thirty degrees below zero, he does all the barn chores. <laughs> so I'm it, like, is there a thankful. lot of them like, overall? There's not a whole lot. I mean, there's two goats and 17 chickens. But you're right still now. going out
0: collecting eggs each morning. Oh yeah,
1: we get lots of eggs. Um, which you know, my family tastes is, really good too. They are. We for a while I was using Instacart, and my Instacart delivery driver randomly added a dozen eggs to our order one day. I was like, "Well, that's weird." I was like, "Well, you know, I'll use them." They looked fake. They were yeah. so bleached and white. And I was like, "What?" You know, I'm used to. Well, now. when you crack
0: the yolks are different.
1: Oh yeah, they're dull and mm-hmm. bland. And I'm like, "Uh-uh." I like my the brown and the blue and these crazy eggs. And the yolks are like the yolks are like orange and it's it's fake. and they taste so much they're better. So much better. Um,
0: I got to get some. I I usually get my eggs from Matt Craig. And that's where I got my goat. Oh, did you? Yes. I was going to say if you've ever been to Matt's house, Matt's house, his is like
1: Oh yeah, no, I won uh Kevin Hart. I think it was the first uh Kevin kid. Hart your goat. That's mm-hmm. the, Yeah, well that they named him. He had a heart marking on his neck oh. when he was born. Um we just call him Kevin now. But uh yeah, he was one of the first kids that they bred. Mm-hmm. Um and it was right around my wedding anniversary when they were putting him up for sale, so it was uh perfect timing.
0: Have you have you, so you met Sarah? Yes. Sarah is like Matt sent me a video the other day on Snapchat, and he goes, "Here I am sitting inside doing mortgages." My wife's literally she's <laughs> up like like a nail gun going to <laughs> town on building something, and Sarah's like this little backwoods like farmer girl that
1: she is a, she, a she's a badass star.
0: dude. She, yeah, she's uh <laughs> I love, I like I give Matt so much crap. Matt's a good buddy, but I give him so much crap. But like Sarah, legit like runs that farm, and it's crazy. And she does. Have you ever watched her videos?
1: Yeah, like, on, YouTube. on YouTube. Like she said there
0: and does like all these videos, and they're really good. And she's like putting up barns and do, feeding goats and doing chickens. And they, I mean, they have so many things. They got pigs. They like if you go up there, it's a petting zoo. Yeah. And uh,
1: well, and they're doing like a really like the sustainable aspect of it, where like meat yeah. production and you know trying to keep the food supply chain local, which is really important. And I was hopeful that we'd move into that, but I don't think I have the heart for it. I
0: think it's a lot of work, but she stays it's, home and does that. So it's yeah. like you know, if you had, I mean, if you'd say. Hey, TDC, see you guys. I'm, being, I'm, I'm now the uh, Farmer Danny. Like I think that would be maybe something you put your mind to and grow it. But it takes, like I said, it takes work when you start adding in. That's what I was wondering. I'm like, I know having like, quote unquote, a farm is not it's not set it and forget it. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, it no. looks cool out there. But you actually have to like, there's some work to be done, yeah. especially in the winter when you get the chickens. and.
1: Oh, yeah. We uh, we only have a couple acres too. So I think we've pretty much maxed out our uh, animal capacity. Your
0: agricultural. Uh, yeah. But- can you, are you a formal ag? normal no. agricultural no that's a, that's a great tax uh
1: it is you have to have certain um thresholds i think for like money that you're bringing in mm-hmm. uh and i just give eggs away in exchange for egg <laughs> cartons so i'm really not great at the business side of it which is ironic because that should be what i'm I good at no. i'm good at chicken cuddling
0: <laughs> yeah um so and now goats are they? What's the hardest thing about goats? I mean, what do they eat? Just meal, like different kind of like grains and stuff they feed yeah, them a meal.
1: They uh, they kind of just like graze, and then we give them hay to supplement it, especially in the winter. You know, most of that comes from the hay, and then a little bit of uh, supplementary grain. Um, And then I just love giving them treats. Right now, it's you know there's dandelions everywhere, and so that's our my son and I'll go out in the morning and we'll pick dandelions and feed them to the goats. And oh, they eat that. Oh yeah, they they love it. So
0: does your son like the animals?
1: He does. Yeah, yeah. we. uh it's hard right now because he's at like the perfect height for the goat's horns oh, and yeah. uh, Kevin's still kind of young. So we just, we go through the fence when we're interacting with them. But,
0: um, so I guess motherhood, how was motherhood? Because I mean, two and a half years, you, you're used to it now you're in it. Like yeah. your day to day is just like, we're in it. it's kid, it's kid. <laughs> so, uh, how has that changed from where you were before to now having to factor that into the schedule versus again, we kind of, I just said before, like, mm-hmm before it's like you have all this time which you don't realize you have this time but you right. have it and now all of a sudden you have this live human that like literally relies on you for everything in life and whether you fake it or not but you you kind of get through <laughs> and figure it all out but how has motherhood changed in the last few years
1: um I think in a really great way um it's you know I well first of all it's a great outlet to do all the goofy things that I love to do um, like over the weekend we decided to build like instead of a sandbox we built a mud pit. Um, and I just got to play in the mud and it, you know, just seeing it through a two and a half year old boy's eyes mm-hmm. is just the greatest thing. Um, you know, I built a puppet theater and so now he's obsessed with sock puppets, which I really shouldn't have started because now I can never stop. You know, I sit down on the couch for a half a second and he's like, okay, it's, it's time for puppets. Um, but <laughs> I think that, you know, it's also, I'm trying to recognize a balance between, my career and my role at home. And I am only, you know, I'm getting to the point that I'm at because of my husband, who is a, like the gold standard, like above gold standard. He is the most supportive and just, he's absolutely incredible. Um, you know, he's made so many sacrifices to make sure that, you know, my career goals are really, you know, I can still travel. I can Mm -hmm. still do these extra things. I can go to conferences and stay late and do what I need to do Um, because, you know, he's as hands-on of a father as, you know, anyone would expect, you know, a stay at home mother to be. It's, Mm -hmm. which is sad that you have to kind of make that exception, but
0: yeah, I think the lines are blurring a little bit on that, which is is great. And that's the thing.
1: I want my son to see that, you know, I am, uh, you know, I'm working on, you know, developing my career and I can still, you know, I don't want to say I can do it all. or I can do both, but it's, it's true. Like I am a complete person. Like I love the role of mother so much and it's the best part of my life. Um, but I also have a lot of passion for what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to, you know, really kind of make, you know, a stamp on what I'm doing and making sure that I'm still developing myself and reaching for what I want.
0: Yeah, the teamwork aspect of parenting is, that's, so that's, yeah, and that's something that, my wife stays home with the kids, but, I mean, anybody that knows me is, like, my weekends, I don't do a lot, because to me, that's, like, evenings, I try to, I'm getting yeah. better at leveraging my evenings, so, like, after this, I'm going home, like, mm-hmm. I have, like, a fairly early day today, which is nice, but, like, weekends, I want to stay home and just hang out with the kids, and there's still stuff you have to do, like, there's, you know, you want to just kind of hang out all the time, but there's certain things, like, you still got responsibilities on the weekends, but it's just nice, like, like, I always say a perfect day for me is getting home at you know evening on Friday and leaving like leaving the house Monday mm-hmm. in the morning because like if I can just stay home all weekend, I love it because I'm yeah. I'm seeing people all the time I love people but there's still I just want a couple of days where I just have to hang with the kids I get to hang I don't have to talk mm-hmm. to people I don't have to like I can just do stuff mindless stuff around the house or you know watch them just go or go for walks with the kids and that's just like an outlet for me where I can kind of calm my mind and just like you said see life through a young person's eyes and just mm-hmm. kind of see how you know the the imagination coming out and like you know turning something into a boat or turning something into right. a, a rocket ship or whatever and it's just kind of cool cuz th- and then it also makes you appreciate kind of stuff you saw as a kid and then put it in perspective and you like you said you relive your childhood a bit and mm-hmm. you're like it's 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 kind of neat to see it from two different perspectives um i don't know, it's it's rewarding but i see you go from again your instagram life which is mom <laughs> and farmer and then all of a sudden i see you at an event like suit like like full on badass like Demands attention, kind of thing, and just like uh, not you demand <laughs> attention, but I said your presence like demands attention. And uh, but you kind of see and you mer- you uh, morph those two worlds. Like I had a uh, like Alex Berry was another one that came on, and she same thing. She's like um, expecting her second. Actually, I just saw that the yes. other day, a little girl. So that's exciting. They uh, but like she's another one. Like I I look at you, I look at Alex, I look at these. You know, a lot of these young people, Joel. You know, there that you guys are so into the development of the region through. Mm-hmm. Um, more of the business sector. I deal a lot with, like, residential stuff, but not as much with the business sector. And, you know, seeing you guys bring in the economic aspects of, of the area and seeing, like, a young person come in and do it, um, I always, like, look at that, you know, very... Uh, w- with a lot of respect, but then with a lot of also, like, you know, want willingness to learn from those people and kind of see how you guys, what you guys are doing and obviously the impact you're going to have for decades, you know, in the, in the community, which always, to me, seems pretty cool because... Um, and then figuring it out as parents, which is mm-hmm. just like, again, especially there's a difference. You try not to like, but mom and dad, there's difference. Like I always, I feel like I do a lot, but when I use that as not even close to what my wife does. So I just mm-hmm. find that mom is a totally different level of like, I'll never be more important to my kids than mom. Cause it's just like from birth. I mean, I'm looking at my son now, you know. Yes, I can do some stuff with them, but at the end of the day, they're going back to mom, and like, I'd be doing the same thing when <laughs> I was a kid, probably. so um, I always find that you know girls that are women that have children and are in very like high level roles and are doing a lot of stuff, it's like there's so much more on their plate than what I have to do because you just like having the support system is huge like my wife is very supportive your husband's very supportive but it's like if i if i didn't have that like i always call my wife the ceo of her house like i'm <laughs> i'm there i'm like a body in the house but at the end of the day like i'm i'm doing what she needs me to do um and she's pretty much calling most of the shots at the house and i, I love it because like she's she's got that unlock which allows me to go out and i call it kind of like fun playtime where i get to go and do like adult things but um yeah it's just tough it's like it's trying to like merge all that but i look at like you're someone that i look at that i'm like you know what even if Danny doesn't have it figured out, she at least looks like she does, and I can take some stuff from her. Thank so, goodness. Yeah, I was say it's you're working. making a good impact on me, and ho- hopefully others too. Yeah. But I,
1: and I think it's also you know having a really supportive um, work environment, and I mean you know from the entrepreneur side of things, you know, and like owning your own business, like you and like Alex Berry, mm-hmm. and then for me, it's you know TDC is and the, you know the chamber was too, um, just very much family is first, and I think having a um, you know, having a leadership and an organization who really acknowledges that. And so that I am completely confident that if something happened, I can leave and work from home whenever I can leave and un you know, disconnect and just do what I need to do with my family. And that's just, it's so great to have that in your back pocket.
0: I think that's something that's starting to become more norm now, and it which is, I love. It's just so great. Yeah. Cause I, I'm kind of like, I tell the girls here, it's like, if you have something like my kid's sick, let me take care of your kid, mm-hmm. like work and, and if you know there's going to be stuff you have to cut out, just like figure out what's most important, and get what you can done. Like most of the stuff, as much as I stress about stuff, majority of the stuff will be there tomorrow and you can take care of it. And yep. that's always something I look at. I'm like, is it, is it okay if I just punt it to tomorrow to take a deep breath and do whatever? And I think having that balance, you know, in, in today's day and age, because I, I hate, one of the things I always hated when I went to college that's why I didn't really go into the industry I went into is I like having control over my, over my schedule mm-hmm. and it's not because I'm one. I just don't like, like if I go to work, I want to put in hundred percent effort. I don't right. want to go in from this time to this time. And whether I work really hard or not so hard, I'm there for that amount of time. Like my thing is like, if I have something to get to or want to go do something, can I just like bust my tail for four hours and get all that work done right. and leave? because I want something else that I also value. And I think that's important. I try to do that, you know, like I try to have that kind of culture here where it's like, if you have stuff you need to do, like don't feel afraid that I got to ask for the afternoon off because I have to go do something. I mean, like tell us just so we know you're not here, right. but it's not it's not like, can I go leave? It's like, no, if you got stuff to do, like you're a human, just, you know, work it around your schedule. If you got to work a little bit earlier in the morning, the next day, then do it. Like you can, that balance I think is nice where I think generations you know, past it was like, come in this time, leave it this time. And it was very robotic. And Mm -hmm. I said, nowadays, the lines are blurred more. You're more interconnected. Like you said, you can go home and you have email still if you need it or your phone. Um, I mean, I always joke too. Like I try to have times for hobbies, which I like golfing. Like even going out and golfing, you can still answer emails or you can still, you know, we try to go skiing in the winter to pass the winter. And like you can rattle off emails in the gondola and then you ski and have fun. And it's like, I like blurring the two. So I don't feel like I'm like, you know, all work and not having any kind of fun, and I try right. to blur the, you know, meeting people each day and trying to have fun with those people and getting to know business associates better. So then they turn into friends. Then it just, just turns into like a way better, way better conversation, and it doesn't feel as like as like strict. Um, now, goals at TDC, like what are your goals? I kind of touched on this a little bit, but a question I had is like going forward, like you now to, for the foreseeable future. What are some things you really want to try to accomplish at TDC?
1: Um, you know, I think you working on the workforce side of things and, you know, developing, developing, you know, some sort of programs or initiatives or even just connecting with what's already going on in the region so that our tenants have um, you know, a better feeling about where their workforce is coming from and that there there is a solid pipeline. Um, and I think that there's been kind of a shift in the mindset of uh, you know, you need to go to, you know, a four-year school, it's the only option, um, you know, if you want to do anything. And there's, I mean, obviously four-year education was great for me, you know, and then some. Um, I, you know, I loved my experience at SUNY. I, you know, I was from the area, but I leaned in a little bit. I joined a sorority and I, you know, did all this stuff on campus. It was great. But there are a lot of other really great opportunities that don't necessarily lend themselves to needing to make that type of financial and time investment um, technical education and you know certificate based programs um, for a lot of the companies in our our region. You know that's where a lot of their workforce could come from. And so really trying to to build on that and to bring awareness to the young people and trying to com- combat that dang don't get stuck here mindset. Mm-hmm. Like I, I completely recognize um, the importance of experiencing things outside of your comfort zone and, um, you know, learning more about different types of communities and cultures and, you know, expanding your horizons that way. But there is just such a, you know, this negative association with, um, you know, staying in the area or, you know, you're born and raised there and you're just stuck there. You know, there's so much to be said for someone who's contributing to their community. And, you know, a young person who decides to stay here and, you know, like yourself, build a brand and build a, a business and work towards, you know, what didn't you like about your community growing up? What can you do to, you know, make a difference that, you know, is going to help the next generation?
0: Well, like one one of my goals, um, and I, I thought about this when I went to college, like I purely went to college at Plattsburgh to save money because I didn't mm-hmm. know what I wanted to do. So right. I was like, you know what, I'll do it. I'll figure it out. It'll buy me some time. But I'll get out cheap i'll have no student debt like all that was my goal for college and when i got out and started doing real estate it was more of like hey it's kind of buying time until i find out what i want to do so it's always that and then uh i say by the time i was 24 i was like hey i like this i kind of like this industry and i think i'm gonna kind of double down and just kind of buy in and really turn this into something and then it really got to the point a few years back where i started thinking you know while getting good at real estate is cool it's very um i don't say selfish but it's very self-centered meaning it's me selling homes and trying to mm-hmm. sell more homes like that that's great but then at a certain point i'm like you know what can i affect more people can i do more to involve more people so my goals have completely shifted from like me being you know the best agent or the top agent in the area to how do i use potentially my connections, my my um relationships with people, my knowledge, my ambition, everything. How do I do that and grow at a faster I say a faster clip, but I grow with people to grow the area. And I think when I grew up, like I hated when people said like, I hate the area, you gotta move, there's nothing to do here. And at the time, this was, you know, I we're about the same age, I think. So this was probably like meh, early two thousands into kind of like two thousand ten, you always heard probably 10, 15 years ago Um, And obviously before that, it was just like everybody was you kids you go to high school with always just groaning like, we got to leave, got to leave, got to leave. And I'm like, I was always a very optimistic person. Mm -hmm. I was always glass half full, not glass. Like I didn't look at this place like, oh man, this place sucks. Like I always looked at it as we got some opportunity here. And now one of my passions locally is trying to switch that script a little bit and try trying to hopefully, and this is obviously decades and decades long, but trying to make this a place where people don't look at like, I don't want to be from here, but I'm proud to be from here. Mm -hmm. And also I want people to come and say, that's where I want to move to. And I've seen a shift over probably the last five years that I, at least I felt it, that I can see more and more people coming to the area and staying here. So I think we're on the cusp of doing that. And obviously I'm I'm just kind of a cheerleader for like people like the chamber and people like you guys that are, you know, trying to do my small part, but knowing really the people that are having a big impact are you Mm -hmm. guys on the front lines. And I think that I'm more of, I want to try to, I guess, build the hype around it. So more people build the hype around it and then it kind of keeps growing, which is part of the reason I do the podcast too, because I think it's nice that people that don't know who you are are going to listen to this and be like, Oh, I never knew about her and the stuff she's talking about. That's really cool. And hopefully it adds some more like connectivity to people where we really kind of, I always talk about like rising tide raises all ships like that, that famous quote, but if we're all rowing in the same direction, which is a better area. We're going to get there faster. And I right. think if people have the mindset of like, we can get there when we will, like, again, I, that's why I always talk about people like Gary. I absolutely love, cause you just hear the passion talk when he comes like mm-hmm. he's talking from, like that guy doesn't, I mean, he wakes up every day and is like, how do we get North country from here to here? And I don't think there's anybody that I know that car- carries it more. Like if, if I look at Plattsburgh as a civil war battle person, Gary is like the guy in the horse with like, he's like the little, <laughs> he, he, he's a short guy. We'll call him Napoleon. He's like a little Napoleon, like carrying, the, carrying the flag. And I always find that like he, he, all these people working in that direction, but you know, people of our generation that are now stepping into that role and saying like, this place isn't a dump. It's really cool, and there's a lot of neat things to do here. I'm hoping that becomes kind of the thesis of our generation and future generations that mm-hmm. this place isn't maybe what we grew up with. Um, with I shouldn't say, you know, what I mean, like the connotation around like it's not a cool place to be.
1: Right. Exactly. And I think it's all about you know learning from your network. Like you don't have to move to a big city to meet people that have experiences that you can learn from and take value from. I mean, I mean, you just look at the different types of leaders in our community and a lot of people you've had on the podcast, like you're doing it right here. Um, just trying to really pull from different experiences and different frames of reference and see where everyone's coming from. Because that's where the value is, you know, it's not necessarily what you're doing, but it's how you can connect with, you know, other people to help the next person that you're working with, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And so, and this is going to, this is going straight business at you, but <laughs> what is, so take, take TDC, take our area. Um, I went like, obviously we know not SWOT analysis oh, yeah. and stuff, but like, basically what is, what are the pros and cons? Like what is, why should businesses come here? Um, and also I don't say cons, but what is a what is something you guys are st- working to overcome that might be kind of a you know a hurdle that you're always working up against?
1: Well, I mean, I think this area is just we have geography on our side, mm-hmm. um, and not only in the well-positioned an hour south of Montreal and a a whole network of business service professionals who have been working with Canadian businesses for decades and understand the questions before the company even knows to ask them. I mean that in and of itself is just a a golden ticket, but also the quality of life. I mean the four season recreation and everything else that our community has to offer uh, is just like the cherry on top, um, especially when recruiting people. And I think that people and talent attraction. I mean that's the the hard part, but it's not unique to this area. Um, I mean on you know th- through my connections in IEDC and talking with developers and talking with You know colleagues in economic development from all over the country and workforce is always an issue um and i think that making moves like you're talking about about trying to change the community mindset and make this a more um you know attractive place in retaining young people from the colleges and retaining young people or bringing people back you know you graduated and you left and you've done really great things um but a lot of those people want to come back. You know, They want to be closer to family while they grow their own families or, or what have you. And so in just positioning ourselves in a way that we can kind of support that and build a stronger talent base um, is only going to help us in the long run.
0: So what, what do you think some of the things that you guys are up against like that make it a little hard or things that, yeah, like what are just challenges of the job or of the area?
1: Um, I mean, there are challenges to everything you are putting me on the spot aren't you um <laughs> i'm such it's, a positive thinker galen i'm just oh, looking I mean, at the is, positive is there stuff like <laughs> like i'll look at like
0: um i guess not necessarily threats i don't think there's a lot of i don't really think there's a lot of threats to our area i think there's more opportunity that mm-hmm. we just have to take like we have to go for and it takes work but if i took like our company like things that we're up against it's you know we're not the largest real estate company mm-hmm. we're a heck of a lot bigger than we were a few years ago and that's something i'm always up against it's also you know You know, trying to have enough agents to do certain things. I mean, there's certain things in my company that I look at that they're challenges, Mm -hmm. but it's not that we can't overcome them. It's just like I have to focus on that's a I say a problem, but that's something that we need to fix or change or or overcome. Um, And it's not that it's going to hold us back. It's just something we have to put focus on and and work towards. So it's just you know a goal that it's on my list of like we got to check that box and make sure we get past it. Um, So like TDC, do you guys find that? Obviously, like the border closing right now is, you know, an issue. Is there anything that you look at that has made life maybe difficult or stuff where you're like, listen, this is um, a weakness in our area and this is something we're trying to overcome? Like, maybe is it the mindset, like you just said, that people maybe don't, maybe the idea of coming to this area or, you know, putting your roots in this area is not as um, enticing as going to a larger city or a more metropolitan area. Um, I mean, is there anything that you can look at that this is something that we know is not our strong suit and we're trying to make better? Or are you guys kind of like, you know what? Anything that's really a weakness, we just double down on strengths all the time and never really focus on it. Because I mean, there's different ways of looking at it. Just Yeah, I
1: think recognizing, you know, weaknesses and challenges is always a great thing. But I think it's focusing on which ones are worth your time. You know, mm-hmm. our area, it's very, you know, likely we're not going to attract the Googles and the Amazons. And the... The big name, um, for a whole host of reasons, but um, I think you know we've really made a lot of progress in focusing on what our niche is and how we can um, you know serve those companies the best way we know how. Um, you know the the border. I don't think we ever expected in our lifetime to deal with a border mm. closure of this capacity. It's a little wild, yeah. It is, uh, but we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean we're making do. It's uh obviously having a plan forward is really important. And you know, with that being kind of still hanging over our heads, it's really difficult to forecast. Um but it's, you know, it's just like you said, double down and do what we have to do.
0: Have have taxes affected you guys much? Um Just New York state taxes at all?
1: I mean, not really in any way that I would, you know, say Absolutely. I mean, when we're talking business attraction side of things, you know, there's still the zero percent corporate in- income tax for manufacturers, and a mm-hmm. lot of the conversations we're having are with manufacturers, and so that's you know, again, focusing on the <laughs> yeah. No, that's because <laughs> so
0: can- I mean, I'm looking at for like uh, from like residential standpoint. Like, we've had people mm-hmm. that want to come up here and like, yeah, we're gonna scratch it because the taxes are high. And I know, um, obviously, New York State with, I mean, if there's certain incentives and stuff, you guys are obviously right. aware of that you can capitalize on. But I didn't know if that was something that you see, like, right now, there's a big wave of people leaving California, which is another, right. you know, major state. And, um, and unfortunately, like, New York State is, you know, a lot of lot of it's driven from the city. And, you know, obviously, again, I'll take another stat from yesterday. <laughs> that um, we're, I, I think, 25% of the geography is up in the north country. the seven counties, but it's only 2% of the population. Right. So, you know, what Gary said is... Like, and you just said it, like, let's not bite off more than we can chew and let's not attract Amazon. They're not coming here, Exactly. but let's attract people that we know that, we, you know, we can get to that point. It's mm-hmm. a little bit of stretch, but we know we can grow to that point. Um, and I think a lot of that is just focusing on your strengths and trying to really focus on where your efforts actually make a difference versus mm-hmm. wasted effort. Right. Even though it's the right intent, it's, you know, good intent, but it's not going to happen.
1: And I think just being flexible and creative because I mean, the political climate changes All the time and so you know obviously there's a lot of leadership in our community that has um some influence there but just learning how to kind of roll with the punches and to make the most of you know difficult situations and to create you know an attractive um you know
0: product for you guys exactly and so
1: you know how to you know make sure that you know we're encouraging companies to make you know not only the best decision for us you know filling space but also the best decision for them and that they will be able to be successful here and to, to do what they intend to do.
0: Um, something I was going to ask you about, oh man, I'm, I'm blinking. I just had it. Um, a sec, I got some notes here You're for good. you. Um, you know, what? we're going to skip it. Maybe we we'll come back if I remember what I was going to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the other to- the other topic I had about, and I know this was a big deal to you because you had posted about it, but I thought it was really cool when you did your TED talk. Yeah. Um. So, kind of explain how that was. Kind of give us a background on that. Um. Yes. What so, is TED, and then kind of what the whole? Th-
1: sure. So, um, I think, I think the original acronym is what like technical. I think education it's technology education, education and. Something. I
0: was hoping you could know. That's okay. okay. <laughs> you Google um, it, but it, it's like yeah.
1: It's it's popular. I mean, yes. everybody knows. I mean, that's not the common. Uh, Smart
0: people go up and talk on stage. That's how I look <laughs> at it. Or interesting people that have something to something to teach. So, yes. how did that come to be? Where'd you do it? Um, what was the prep like? What was the experience like?
1: Yeah. So it was a uh, TEDx. So it was a the um, TED brand, but locally organized. So actually, Plattsburgh High School um, did a series of uh, like a, a TEDx event, and it was. Um, hidden among us or it was just trying to focus on, they had students that did talks and they also had some people, um, from the community or that had ties to the community, um, that had a story to tell. And actually it was my work with Shine On and Professor Colleen Lumza that I got the opportunity to do that. So, um, it, you know, my talk focused on my experience with Shine On, you know, looking back on it, I'm like, I was, you know, I probably would have, uh, um, structured it a little bit differently and, you know, maybe spent a little more time on a couple points, but, you know, hindsight. Um, but, and the lessons learned from my experience there and not just the coursework of it and the, um, you know, as a conference planning, you know, how to plan an event and that's what the class was intended for, but actually the curriculum that we were presenting to the, well, at that point, the girls that we were working with. And that was like character development. And it's kind of like a buzzword, even in, you know, the young professional, you know, business side of things, you know, everything's about like, you know, character and and whatnot, but actually digging into the framework that, you know, kind of defines what makes a resilient and successful person And, and recognizing what your strengths are within that and where you might need to try to build yourself up a little bit. So through that, uh, there are seven character traits that, um, shine on bases its curriculum on. Um, and it's through the KIPP charter schools, knowledge is power program. I think it was based in Chicago, but it's, um, you know, a charter school network all throughout, um, I think the East coast, I might be wrong there, but, uh, but it's grit, optimism, self-control, social intelligence, um, zest. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm going to get uh, curiosity, per- <laughs> um, and one more that will come to me later. Um uh, if I was writing them down, I <laughs> no, could do it. this is pretty good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um but you know, it's the ability to work in groups and to navigate, you know, the social sphere but also how to overcome obstacles and you know not get, you know, stumped up if you fail at something and how to um you know reframe how you're approaching a problem and just your resiliency and um through that my talk focused a lot on the character trait of zest um growing up i was uh what my teachers would have called a hyperactive student i was very um you know i performed very well academically uh, i was very involved all the different clubs and i played you know saxophone in the jazz band and all that great stuff but i was very loud and i was very like um you know, in your face, uh, which was great for my cheerleading career, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. And, uh, as you know, I got older, I kind of, kind of pulled myself back a little bit cause I didn't want to be seen as the, you know, the weird kid anymore. Um, but then I, you know, kind of just started to see how that, you know, what was framed as hyperactivity could also be pushed in a direction of like passion and actually using that to fuel, um, you know, working toward my goals. And so that was really how I looked at it and how, when you look at, you know, my resume, you'll see a piece of paper and basically, you know, my degrees and where I work now, where I used to work, and it's just totally one-dimensional. But when you build a network and you start to work with people and you start to be able to show more than just what's on that piece of paper and that's where your character really comes in and when you're able to show where your strengths are and in my case my my zest and my passion for uh you know for economic development for making this region a better place to work and to live and to bring opportunity and collaborate with people um you know it's it's a real strength and i think that you know working through shine on and in that process um that's how i discovered it and it's also how I learned to kind of push myself out of my comfort zone. Hence the TED talk, like public speaking terrifies me, but really? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> it's uh, which I think it does a lot it, of people who,
0: who was, uh, I think it's like the number one thing even had a death. I think I read that <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Which like, which blows my mind, <laughs> yeah. but, um, I, mean, I, get, I, I don't really get it. I think death would be scarier, but, um, yeah. who, who, what's the audience when you did the TED talk? Um, was it, it was it young students
1: it was a mix. It was community members and students. Uh, it was on a, like a Saturday, I think. And okay. so it, they sold tickets to it. So it was, um, but it was you know really great because the lights were dimmed and you, it know, looked, you couldn't really it looked, see. Yeah. It looked pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, even before the Ted talk, I started to kind of push myself to take these opportunities out of my comfort zone, like the commencement speech, you know, I was invited to, you know, apply and I was like, yeah, there's no way. Mm-mm. And then i was bored at an overnight shift uh, at the hotel i was working at it was a super quiet night you know i had already done all of my duties and i'm like well you know maybe i'll take a shot at it and it was one of the coolest experiences ever and so you know just trying to push yourself out of that comfort zone into exploring the curiosity and the grit side of that character development uh, has really served me well
0: do you find so public speaking this was my experience i want to see if if you you just talked about passion if you have a passion and knowledge of something, are you fine talking in front of people?
1: It depends on the crowd and it okay. depends on, um, it depends on a lot of things because as is probably evident in this conversation, um, if, especially if I'm talking about something that I'm you know excited about and passionate about.
0: This is the most passionate you've sounded yeah. like, which is not a bad thing. I'm just saying that you're like, you're now getting like, you're going up a level right now. Yeah. You're leveling up.
1: Yeah. You know my brain and i think this happens in a lot of people it just kind of trips over itself Mm -hmm. and then looking and listening back it's just like the oh like i totally screwed that up i should have made this point better i should have done this this shoulda coulda woulda and that just i hate that but such is life so i'm trying to kind of move past that um i think the i mean the tedx piece has showed me that you know no matter how much I can overanalyze it and look back and point out all the flaws. Like I could make an impact on someone, you know, I could, uh, you know, say something that resonates with someone and even just one person, like that's enough for me Mm -hmm. and so I'll call it a day. And so I've been trying to take more opportunities like that and especially in the professional sphere, because I think, you know, as a young woman in a professional role there's that like imposter syndrome that try to, you know, it's really common and it really hinders professional growth and like taking new opportunities. So I'm trying to continue to push myself. Like I'm moderating a panel for the International Economic Development Council. There's this big Economic Futures Forum and I'm on the Young Professionals Advisory Committee for IEDC and they're, you know, they reached out and they're like, hey, we need more YPs to participate in this. And so it's like, sure, I'll moderate a panel on aerospace innovation. Yeah. Sure. Why go. not? You know, I have <laughs> uh some experience, not a whole lot. Um enough to ask questions to other experts about it, but just kind of putting myself in that role and uh you know, trying to say why not me.
0: Mm-hmm. What a If you don't mind me asking, sure. how, are you 30 yet? No. Okay, so you're still in your 20s. I am. So, I at what point um, did you find that you felt like you belonged a little more? Because this was something I struggled with as a, as a kid, like a young 20-something-year-old. Yeah. Like just trying to, you know, um, feeling like I'm now in a professional setting. I'm with adults. I'm with adults that I've heard their names since I was a little kid. And now kind of like that like time warp of like, no, 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 you're a peer now. You're not like this child. And right. that took a little bit of time to get over. And then it also took me not... I got over that, but then I also had to get over the fact that, like, not only am I, like, kind of relevant, but, like, I actually know what I'm talking about where I can step out, not from, like, a, not from an overconfidence or, like, a a cocky standpoint, but I know I can hang when most conversations, right? Within my, if I walk into your company, no, I'm going to be like, uh, I got to learn. But if you put me in, like, a real estate setting, like, I'm comfortable. And that's took me a while, and a lot of it was learned, but when, do you feel that you're at that level within your space? Do you find that you're still? I mean, we're obviously going to learn, um, but do you find that you're more confident in the setting that you're at? Talking, you just talked about like being a young professional, being a female young professional in certain, you know, areas where economic development. I was talking to Sue Matten about this, and you know, she came in obviously at a time when she was looked at like an outlier. Now, mm-hmm. I kind of she's probably looking at like, you know. She's been in it so long that people are looking at her as like this huge, like, hey, let's just talk to Sue first (laughs) because Sue knows what she's doing. She's a, yeah, she's a thug. But um, so what's your, uh, like, I guess, where do you feel where you stand now in regards to everything and not what people might project, but like you personally, what do you feel inside of like, do you feel that you belong in all this or is it still kind of new?
1: I mean, I feel like it changes a lot and I have to push myself to kind of say, like you know what you're talking about um and I think like you said growing up in the community and then becoming a professional in it it's difficult because there are people who you know have who have known you for a very long time and you know I grew up in Malone so I don't have that as much out here but it still happens every now and then and it kind of is like a do I belong at this table moment Mm -hmm. um and so I think really just trying to you know Uh, apologies for the cliche, but lean in. And, you know, I don't want to ever be in a position either where I feel like I, you know, can't learn because I am constantly, you know, learning from the experiences and just the knowledge base of, you know, people in the community, people just in the industry and just trying to consume as much information and learn from as much as I can.
0: Because you have some good access. I mean, you have access to really good people. So it's like, I think if you're a young professional and you're smart about realizing like there's some very smart people locally that know a lot of their stuff and just read about them, talk to them, pick their brain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that serves, that's something I try to do is I really try to, you know, if I see a news article or I see a doc or paper or someone's giving a talk, I really try to like internalize what they're saying um knowing there's a lot for me to learn and knowing that there's a lot of different sectors that I need to like economic development fascinates me I'm not in it as much but I know going forward it's something that in my brain is something that needs to happen for our to our area cuz again when I talk about my long-term goal economic development is a major player in that so it's like kind of understanding hearing you talk hearing Gary talk hearing Joel talk about stuff hearing you know even Alex from like a or Matt Boyer, just talking from a commercial real estate sector, mm-hmm. like the jobs are bringing in and the buildings are bringing in and getting tenants. And, um, I think that for you, if like, if you're getting invited to stuff, then you've made it. And I think in a sense, even if you're like self confident so that's what I always get. If someone's asking me to apply or do something or go to someplace or be a part of something, then I'm like, you know what? I've done enough where they think I'm valuable. I mean, and then I kind of get like, okay, but I got to make sure I still show up and, you know, Right. execute but it's still the idea of, I, and I have that too where it's like man do I am I do I really belong or do I really deserve to be here or do that and in my head I'm like you know what you bust your you know tail every day and you've been doing it for over a decade now it's like you've you've learned a lot and if people value that then I feel like okay I have something to bring to the table then I have to make sure that I deliver on that because I'm looking and I always I don't see weird but anytime I get an opportunity I feel that I'm still proving myself. So even though you're there, I'm like, man, I could screw this up and they're not going to ever invite me back. So I like, I really, in my head, I'm like, take these, like, I try to be cool on the outside and inside. I'm like, okay, don't screw up. Pay attention. Make sure you're listening. Don't, you know, don't, don't zone off. Like you're falling asleep, like up. So, um, but is that something that you feel more like still more confident or is that like,
1: yeah, I think it's, I'm starting to get there. I think it's in each individual situation. There's always that moment where I'm like okay, no, like, get out of your head. You belong here. Yeah. Like, you are able to contribute to this conversation. But, you know, I've, I've only been in economic development, like, what, seven years now? It's yeah. not a long time. Um, you know, I'm still young. I still have a lot to learn, and I think that there's value in recognizing that. Um, but then also, it's really great when you're in one of those situations, like this um, panel. It's a little bit out of my wheelhouse, but I, we had, a like, a practice session, and, I mean, there are these very prominent, I mean, people who used to work for Space Florida and, you know, work in the governor's office in Washington state and attracting, you know, these companies. And yet I'm still able to, you know, spur conversation and, you know, talk even just tangentially about, you know, what they know and to, you know, have these conversations where it's like, okay, like, I, I don't want to say like, I belong here, but it's, it's not necessarily like a, I'm the kid at the table. Um, and I think that's a really important corner to turn, uh, because it, like your confidence is everything, you know, like you said, well, you know, walking in and just trying to,
0: what was the thing you said earlier? We talked about parenting, something about looking confident or feeling Yeah,
1: confident. cool, calm, and confident. Yeah. You know, just and I think that's a lot of it. just you how it. you,
0: pre- how you present yourself. And I mean, take the chamber, like networking event. I know a lot of people now, so it's not as nerve wracking. Oh, yeah. But I'll be honest, I go into networking still with high anxiety, even though I know it's like no, you're not gonna, nobody's gonna know you, nobody wants to talk to you, blah. blah. And like I know I'm like push, those, like push that down, be positive. <laughs> like you're gonna see some friends, and that's still something that chews away at me because I'm kind of like I think everybody does when you go into maybe not Christy Kennedy, but like everybody else when you go in, you're like I, at this, I don't know if somebody's gonna, you know, I feel like. I'm just like a loser walking in there and it's tough because I think everybody plays those games in your head, but it's like, feel confident, feel confident, feel confident, be confident. And you know, these like affirmations you say as you're walking in and then you get there and then next thing, you know, you're like closing the place down because you've exactly. met everybody. And it's, it's such a weird thing. I do it every time. It's like, why, why do I get nervous about going and seeing friends and talking and just like relaxing and like, right. It's uh, but the, um, yeah, the panel thing, that sounds pretty cool. So when you're, you're part of uh, what is the, Is the International Economic Development Council, is that the same thing Sue's a part of? Okay. So kind of go over that again, because I know it's a big deal.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's the the industry organization for economic developers. Um, And I'm not a certified economic developer. I've taken, well, now I've actually taken all the classes. So now I just need to actually study and take the exam. Um, But I feel like, you know, I I did my master's program. So I put in the sweat equity. I can wait on it a little bit. Mm, I say unconvincingly. But anyway. Um. Is that procrastination yeah. <laughs> coming in, <into> Danny? <laughs> Listen, I got to finish my dining room first. That's Yes. Um, but no, Sue's actually the one who, when I you know, worked with her, you know, we went to conferences and I started to see how, and it's something I've recognized even just here in Plattsburgh as well, is when you run into a problem, odds are somebody has solved it before. And so pulling best practices and trying to find, um, you know, people who are, Experiencing experiencing things within economic development that you can learn from and pull from and things that you can contribute um and then just continuing education you know to learn more about you know as um you know as economic developers and as we look to you know make our communities the best that they can be as trends change and industry changes and how we can you know make sure that we're keeping up with that and not getting stagnant and so um i have been involved with the Young Professionals Advisory Committee for, oh, maybe four-ish years now. I went to a conference with Sue, and they had this um, like uh, happy hour for young professionals, and I met all these really great people doing such similar things in much more impressive cities. You know, I mean, they're metropolitan, just like a lot more, um, uh, I guess, people and. Mm-hmm. But the things that they were experiencing were so similar to what, you know, we're doing here in Plattsburgh and so being able to, you know, pull from, you know, what they have to share is, has been really valuable. And so through IEDC, you know, there's the, the professional development side of it and the formal like webinars and trainings, but then there's also uh, well, it's been, you know, virtual for the past, you know, year or so, and um, just doing networking events and having just conversations with other people to try to see, you know, what's working, you know, as we are going into, you know, when we are are rebranding and our marketing strategy, talking with other people who are in, you know, similar cities and, you know, what's worked for them and what we can try and what, you know, we might want to put on the back burner. Um, and then also these forums and these like conferences and just having the chance to be in the room and there's, you know, when you're at any industry conference, there's always like this buzz Mm -hmm. of just like energy and, you know, optimism and people that are, you know, like-minded, but have different frames of reference. So it's not like you're sitting there with people who look and think just like you, It but they have such a similar mindset and that they want their communities to be successful.
0: Do you pick these people's brains a
1: lot? Like, oh, like, yeah.
0: Like you're still in communication between stuff and, you know, fairly regular?
1: Um, Every so often. It's more when there are, um, like for example, the YP, um, we do these like little... Um, networking, like lunch hours, where we'll hop on Zoom, we'll have uh, a topic, and we'll do breakout rooms, and we'll you know, share ideas and answer some questions and try to come up with um, you know, just anything that we can use in our day-to-day. Um, but being involved on the committee aspect is, has really upped that level of engagement, which has been really valuable.
0: How, how many uh, young professionals are within that? I, IEDC? Yes. How many young professionals, roughly?
1: Oh goodness gracious I would not even know. Um, like in the
0: hundreds or more?
1: Um 50s I mean, 100 something like that. On the committee itself or No 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 know?
0: just in that for uh well, I guess young professional advisory like the, oh, yeah. when you talk about the young young professionals that kind of mingle and get together. Like I look at like 80KYP it might be you know 30 people in an event and, like is yeah. it roughly about that is it like more than that?
1: On the Zoom calls and things like that it's usually about you know 30 to 40 people I would say um, at the conferences uh there are usually more, um, just because it's, you know, well, of course I haven't been to an in-person conference in a while, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, there's the, the networking happy hours and there's the speed networking, you know, lunch hours. And so you're, you're seeing, um, you know, different young professionals than you might be interacting with on the committee level or, or whatnot, but it's kind of, it's good to see, um, you know, how many other people are out there that have a similar kind of career pathway and and how they're positioning themselves
0: uh yeah because i i would say each month i have like regular like zoom calls Mm -hmm. with with other people that own real estate companies around the country um, around the state and it's a lot of it is just picking the brains of people because like i'm i'm really big on like asking like how'd you do it and like what needs to be done because like my thing is i know my level which is like only so high and I know I'm willing to put work in which is usually higher than my level of knowledge so then it's kind (laughs) of like let me let me just tell me what I'm doing so I'm not just like running around and like slamming my head in the walls and trying to figure stuff out and they're like well no no no, do this I'm like okay let me just do that but it's asking for help and recognizing it's a way faster learning curve to ask people that have already done it so when you talk about like networking I always look at networking ideas and this is a lot I get this from the podcast too like there's a lot of parallels in companies like real estate to economic development to staffing to whatever it might be Mm -hmm. financing there's a lot of stuff that i pull away from talking to people because a lot of it's business there's a lot of parallels a lot of mindset there's a lot of this is i guess anything but a lot of it gets stripped down to basic human um you talked to like uh, character traits and qualities and stuff you and you were mentioning that before like in the ted um ted talk it's like taking those and really stripping down what we do, we all do kind of the same stuff. It's just, we have a different product or a different service and it's trying to merge like the confidence. You're trying to merge like organization or trying to merge the, you know, the learning curve or, or how you learn. And I find that goes a long way, at least for me, like picking the brains of so many people, like you're, I don't know, over on whatever episode this is, but like I've talked to so many people and like kind of hearing different, like I said, age brackets and experience levels, like you and yep. Sue, It's very similar, but different. You have different perspectives on stuff and it, but it's, you take both of them away. And I just love, like, I don't know, just trying to find the similarities and then taking it back into my life. And like, can I get better after talking to Danny about something or talking, you know, you know, or even a politician, like, what do you guys, like, what do you think about overall in the community? And, and like a Michael Cashman, like, what, what is your thoughts on this? And he brings a perspective and it's like, okay, like trying to formulate stuff and grow as a Mm -hmm. human, which is ultimately kind of something I like doing, like learning, um,
1: it's all mentorship. Yeah. And I, actually, that's one of the, I'm leading a task force um, underneath the YP committee. And it's all about developing a mentorship program within the, like the IDC as a whole. So connecting those, because, you know, young professionals, it's really great to, you know, network with our colleagues and our peers, but it's right back to that. There's so much we can learn from those that have been in the industry for such a long time and who have experienced so much. Um, and so you don't want to just be in a room talking to yourself the whole time. Yeah. And so, you know, we're hoping to get this mentorship program off the ground where we can connect, um, either people who are considering economic development as a profession and are just getting into it or someone who's, you know, like at my level in a career and just wants to talk about career trajectory and what things I can learn to better position myself for, you know, leadership roles down the road.
0: Um, do you guys take a lot of, I do this in real estate, but do you guys find, that major, uh, bigger cities, like larger populated cities that do you learn anything from there to take back? Cause I,
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Cause I, the way I look at like in real estate land, like big cities, New York, LA, things like that, Where typically Plattsburgh is about, I would say five to seven years behind, maybe 10 years behind what they're doing. And I know that's a lot. It's true in fashion, true mm-hmm. in music, true in food and, um, everything kind of stemmed from those major places. Do you find economic development similar like we don't have it yet. They do major, but this is something that we're planning for. Cause we can kind of see the, you know, the tidal wave coming up towards the North right. country.
1: Um, you know, I don't know necessarily if there's like a a time frame that we're, you know, necessarily quote unquote behind. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, when you have, you know, metropolitan areas that have that density of people into so their, they have more capability to do different types of innovative things and have different types of partnerships. And so that, again, it helps us with best practices and forecasting and how we can, um, you know, work within the community to lay the groundwork and the platform for some of those things that are seen as being successful. Um, And also I think, you know, with the world, you know, especially right now in the pandemic, everything is so virtual and it's very hyper-connected and you don't have to necessarily be sitting in New York City to be in a conversation and sitting at the table um, in those rooms anymore. And so I think that that might change the conversations as we start going forward.
0: I, I know it's, it's changed my perspective a little bit in the last, well, God, was it year almost a year and a half now? Like, mm-hmm. um, different things that I was planning on doing where I'm like, you know what, this is now changing my mindset a little bit that we can, because of the connectivity and because of, you know, a lot of the stuff, like some plans that I have for the future involved, just the fact that I can talk to people all over the world and I can sit right here. Cause you talk about right. leaving the area. You don't have to leave the area anymore. Like you can bring the area, you can bring to the area. <laughs> and I think that's one of the, I'm hoping people take away. Um, that's something we take away locally is that we're more interconnected than ever, but Plattsburgh, North country, whatever. It's like, we're just, we're on the same playing field as everybody else. I mean, as long as you have technology, which for the most part we do, um, you know, we're still again, topic yesterday, broadband coverage and stuff. We're still, <laughs> we're still getting there. But, um, I mean, how, how I've, I guess how, kind of pandemic wise, you talked a little bit about it cause you got into farming, but how has things changed pandemic wise in your life overall? Like, is it, or how's it going back to normal? Cause I know you had mentioned stuff, even trying to get the podcast scheduled. There's some stuff, um, that you had mentioned about, the, um, you know, the whole pandemic. So how has things changed from basically where you were in February, 2020 to mm-hmm.
1: now? Well, I think that, you know, the normal now isn't necessarily what was normal before. Mm-hmm. And I'm really thankful for that in a way. Um, You know, being able to spend more time with my family, Um, you know, I live about an hour away. And so being able to be just as productive at work without having that commute every single day uh, is something that I still find value in. So I, you know, and again, the organization I work for is incredibly supportive of that. So having, um, you know, that work from home a day or two a week, um, but still getting done what I need to get done. And I think that that's brought a lot of really needed balance into my life. You know, everything was so go, 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 go. And then we were just absolutely brick wall screeching to a halt last spring. And now it's like, okay, well, what parts of normal do we want to leave behind? And where do we want to go? And for my family, it's been a really great opportunity to, um, to balance that a little bit better. And I'm so thankful for that
0: yeah I it was very weird about a year ago the the April May when it was like you woke up every day and you're just home but like I look back at it and I spent every day with the kids and you had yep. your own routine and as much as I tried to do hobbies and stuff I couldn't but it was still the <laughs> idea like you it was kind of different just to like wake up and know I don't have to like go 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 and like run out the door and like eight to six seven o'clock at night you're just on um now the hour drive because I know you do live out in in Franklin County mm-hmm. what is your uh what is your go-to t- like what do you do in the hour you got music podcasts audiobooks
1: all of the above really it, okay it totally depends on my mood um you know some days are complete audiobook ride where I'm I just want to focus on just listening to something I don't want to really have to think I just want to set my cruise control and drive um as far as podcasts go I'm Kind of like a guilty pleasures type. I guess it's more like entertainment side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm obsessed with The Office ladies. Uh, Jenna Fisher, Angela Kinsey oh, from The just Office. Opened,
0: Danny, you just open a can of worms. Oh. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I actually, last year, uh, my husband turned 30 in quarantine. And that was one of the surprises was I did one of those cameo videos with Angela Kinsey from The Office to yeah. do like a birthday shout out for him.
0: Was, was she so nice great. or was she... Uh, oh, she was great. Okay. It was awesome. Because her character on the show was completely different than her in real life. Wait,
1: do you not listen to that podcast?
0: I've listened to it.
1: She, there are... Uh, Pooped. Yeah. They're, they're I so mean, great. I should
0: say Angela, Angela, the character yes. is very straight laced, like miserable. Oh yes. No, Angela, Angela Kinsley the is the <laughs> bubbly, like, I'm, I'm saying they're complete opposite people yes. in real life in character.
1: Um, but I, I really enjoy just that kind of, um, it's like easy listening. Cause sometimes, you know, the drive it's, we're really fortunate actually, because when you look at drive times, I mean, I live, you know, almost. Oh, God, I don't even know how many miles it is, but if I
0: fifty something miles.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if I was in uh, a larger city and I lived that many, it would take hours and hours. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, on a good day, it's you know, fifty minutes, and I'm at the door of the office. And so I think it that's one of the benefits of the North Country too. But um, yeah, I I really enjoy just kind of using that as kind of like a decompression time. That way, I don't bring too much like if I've had a really like heavy day. I don't bring it home to my husband and my son. It's I, a good
0: transition. It is. Um, is The Office your favorite show?
1: One of them. Yeah, I'm, I know. I'm so bad. Everyone is always like, well, what's a great new show to watch? And I am one of those people that's like, <laughs> I'm like, I need friends and The Office and Gilmore Girls and I am happy. <laughs> like, um, I,
0: <laughs> I don't know if you walked in. I have a Michael Scott oh yeah. poster.
1: I clocked that as soon as I walked in. I
0: got a World's Best Boss. I got the office detail, decal, whatever it's called, like the actual like main screen. <laughs> and then my wife for crisp or my birthday, I, I'm born on the 24th of December. So it's one of the two. That bobblehead, oh my she goodness. made me a bobblehead because I love the office. She's like, she's actually gifted bobbleheads to family members. <laughs> she thinks she just finds it hilarious and they did a great job. So um, the office is... God, I've watched it way too many times. It's okay. now become just pure background music. Exactly. And when you have kids, it's just nice because I don't have to pay attention. And I can just like look up and laugh at a scene. <laughs> and my kids actually like The Office. Oh, wow. So my son's favorite character is Michael Scott, and he knows all the characters. And my daughter, it was actually a proud dad moment. I had her saying Nard Dog at one time, <laughs> and then I said, can you say rit it to do <laughs> And she goes, rit dit do And I'm like, oh I-, I said, God. Bebs, you got it. We'll call her Bebs. But she's, uh, <laughs> Oakland's her name, but we call her, her nickname's Bebs. But yeah, so she had it, and I was like, I- I'm so proud of you. And Oh, and then we Keith. bought them um, The Little People. Do you and- have
1: the book? The picture book?
0: So, the the new one that just came out?
1: I don't know if it just came out.
0: Like, like the Dunder Mifflin School one? Yes. Um. So... I will go into that. Yeah, so I bought my daughter the little people because she mm-hmm. liked the little people characters and had Michael, Jim, Pam, and Dwight and she carries around. She did, She's gotten away from it a little bit but there was a f- couple months she carried around Pam and she called her Pam Pam. So so <laughs> so the uh, so she would walk around and it'd be like Pam Pam and I'm like, we'll go get Pam Pam. And so she'd bring it to bed with her. But the book office book... Um, Nicole, who works here, actually gave that to me for my birthday um, as my birthday gift, and i read it with my kids, and they love it. And it's actually hysterical. You yeah. just, like read through it, and like, is. this is whoever came up <laughs> with this is brilliant because there's so many little like, like Creed is as creepy in the book as he is in real life, and like all of these like weird things, like Phyllis like like googly eyed over the the refrigerator, and um, it's just some funny stuff. But uh, it is that is totally my go to show. I think will forever be my go to show, yeah. and. Yeah, it's just great. Yeah, so th- I I, I um, I've listened to the Office Lady podcast. the The only thing is sometimes it can be a little much because it's like sometimes I listen to it and it's funny. And then sometimes I'm like I, I I'm a big like Joe Rogan. I like some I have some comedy podcasts. I have yeah. some other things, but those are kind of my go tos. So sometimes I'll put that on. Like I, I listen to the dinner party episode because like yes. that's such a classic episode. <laughs> and there's certain ones if I know. Cause I follow them on social media. So if they like post or doing an episode, I'm like, ah, I got to watch it at least. Like, yeah, I might watch the Scott's tots one. Cause it's so cringy. Ooh. It's the cringiest episode. A little sweaty. Just think. Yeah. It. It's the cringiest episode <laughs> of all time. But that one, like that one's right up there. The dinner party is probably cringy number two, but Scott's tots is the cringiest for sure. And it's always the opening scene when he like pulls up the paper and Stanley just starts laughing. Cause he's like 10 <laughs> year mark hit or whatever. And he just, I like just Stanley like laughing, but, um, you know, that's great. So. Music, any music that you said that's just the vibe, depending on what you're feeling?
1: Yeah, I, I think my, my music tastes are just whatever Spotify wants to put together for me. Although my, uh, like when they pull from everything you've listened to and make a playlist, I can't do that because I share an account with my husband. And then when I'm in the car with my son, it's you know either um, Disney has a whole playlist of their movies as like little stories on tape. Okay. So they like recite, you know, half hour versions of, so I'll be going from like a 90s country to, uh, you know, some hard metal rock song to baby shark back to Coco Melon and then into, you know, 2000s pop. And it's just, it's a ride.
0: <laughs> Co- Coco, Melon. My kid, like, I think every kid's watched that now. Yeah. Um, the one thing we actually watch it and it's like, it's, it's the kids love, it. it's actually good for kids. But we just sit there and rip on the father in that show. And everybody, every, any kid I know, my, my buddy said this to the other day. He goes, Yeah, we're in Coco Melon. I'm like, How? At what point did we start talking about anything but that to now we're discussing Coco Melon? Like, legit, like in a conversation. Yeah. But the dad, when he wears like the flannel shirt. Oh, yeah. And there's also the scene where he's got, is it the pink shirt with the white hearts on it? And I just cringe because <laughs> like some of the songs, I'm like, Why is that? Like, can they make this any worse? And yeah, it's no. just.
1: When it comes to kids' TV, there is nothing greater than Daniel Tiger, in my opinion. You I've know.
0: never seen that. You're kidding. I know, I know it's, uh, it's Nicole, Mr.
1: Rogers. Nicole,
0: um, well, I know who he is, but I'm saying like they did an off they did, oh, yeah. off, sh- um, they did like, uh, off show offshoot whatever like a spinoff spinoff. Yeah. There we go, spinoff. So she said it too, Daniel Tiger. Like we've watched Boss Baby, we've watched Oh yeah, Coco Melon Boss Baby. I find great because there's so much adult humor. Um, PJ Masks, the kids like that. My kid, I mean, there's. A lot of Netflix, but we got, we started getting to Disney. We Mm -hmm. watched The Lion King. They've been on a big Moana kick.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Moana was for a while.
0: Finding Nemo. We're into, they wanted to find Finding Nemo. So it's like getting to relive some of these shows too.
1: Well, it's hard because I remember growing up, my favorite movie for like a year, my mom told me, The Fox and the Hound. Oh, yeah. I wore that VHS out. I can't even get past the opening credits without crying. It's that. Those movies are rough.
0: Yeah. Disney, man, they punch you in the face right off. And it's like, because you always think as a little kid, like, oh, cute dogs or whatever. And then you start, like, the storylines of some of these, like, Lion King? We watched The Lion King.
1: I have to fast forward to, like, the middle of the movie. I can't even get there. Yeah, I was like, this
0: guy, this, like, went zero to 100 really quick. And then, um, yeah, I'm like, I, these Disney people, because they, it's like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously they have succeeded, but, like, these kids love The Lion King because of the music and Pumbaa and all these things. And all of a sudden it's like, the dad gets killed by the uncle and then there's just this, like <laughs> this like coop of like overthrowing the, the lion government there. And it's uh yeah, it's some pretty deep stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. like, man, how did like people are dying. Moana grandma's dying. And I'm like, can we just get through the movie and like be all cheery? and then they right. save the day. And I'm like, good. Oh, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, Obviously, Disney's making a killing at it. They've done a great job, but like finding Nemo, like the mom dies in the first two minutes. I'm like, yeah, I'm like Coral didn't make it long in this movie, so no. She's, it's
1: always like the first ten minutes too. Like, uh, like up. up,
0: up. I I knew I knew we were both gonna. As soon as you were going with that, I'm like the first ten minutes of up. Oh. No words. There's no words in that movie, and I. It, so this is the thing with up. I saw up much older than a normal person should have seen. I was probably 18 at the time, 19 oh, when it yeah. came out, and I remember going to see it. I had. I think I went with my girlfriend at the time. We went to go see it because I was like, that actually looks like a good movie. It's a kid's movie, but I'm like, it looks good. First 10 minutes, I'm like, jaws dropping. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, it's a very good 10 minutes, but it's very oh, it's, it's heavy, so heavy. But that's very my heavy.
1: Toy Story 3. I think that was the one. Yes. I was either in high school. I think it was in high school when it came out. And I went with my then boyfriend. And... I mean, that was the movie we had grown up with. And so I was like, oh, we're all excited. And then by the end was some of those, I was in tears. I'm like, I should not be feeling. Was that the one where
0: the, what was the little boy's name? Andy. Andy. That was when he just kind of like got too old to play with his toys. And he just like.
1: They go to daycare and they're almost like incinerated. And then at the end you're like, okay, it's good. But then he still leaves. And it's just. Yeah. It's. I think about that
0: now with my kid's stuff. I'm like, what happens if he doesn't want Teddy anymore? Because my kid carries Teddy around. I'm like. Out of all the toys, I'll get rid of all of them. But he's got this little teddy bear. Mm-hmm. He carries all the time. It's like if you look at photos of my kid, he's probably the teddy's probably in like seventy percent of the photos. So it's like
1: that, you have as much of an emotional attachment dude, to it. Teddy. Say well, I mean,
0: it's just because if Teddy leaves, that's like my like little boy like losing oh, his teddy God. bear. Like I know it's like, and I, this is the stuff I think about it. And I'm like sitting there, and I just like the other day I went there. My kid was he was playing on his computer, which is like his tablet. He plays all these games, which yeah. he's now downloading stuff. And I'm like, dude, like yeah. you're too, too advanced for me. And uh he says something so i'm like all right buddy so i go over i'm like so what are you playing he goes dad can you go back on your computer cuz i was like working it was like early in the morning on a saturday i'm like okay well i wanted to see what i i didn't have you i didn't ask you to come over here i'm like oh, oh okay take your time to yourself and there was the other day he wanted to show my wife something and i go show mom that. he goes can you stay right here i'm like sure sure buddy <laughs> Cause he's just like, I got my, I got this. Like I'm just going to do it myself with
1: sentences like that. I got home yesterday and my husband told me, he's like, yes, this morning we, we got up and Isaac, my son, he goes, he's like, okay, we're going to get up. We're going to have a banana. You're going to put a battery in my Mustang and I'm going to drive really fast. And that, that was his morning. He had had it all planned out and he vocalized it perfectly. And I'm like, Oh,
0: I know (laughs) we always tell our kids don't grow up and I'm like, you're just not listening. You just keep growing. And it's, (laughs) it's like i don't know i'm not gonna go because danny's gonna be crying here in a sec i will be yeah. too i'm I'm, a, I'm like such a softy now that i have kids but um so danny anything else you want to talk about
1: i don't know we covered a lot I, yeah we,
0: i mean i went through a bunch of stuff i'm sure i could like dive into more but i i think i i always look at i said i mean i've already said it but like i think what you're doing is cool i think like younger people that are taking ownership of of uh, or kind of grabbing the baton of the future or the previous generation and leading the future generation um, into good things. And I think, like I said, building the community up, building the area up, just being a big advocate and big like you know vocal person and and also not just vocalize it but back it up with actions is a huge thing. So um, I'm just very I'm like I'm a big fan of the stuff you've been doing. And obviously, getting to know you a little bit better is great. And I still love seeing all your crazy like farm life animals and like <laughs> arts and crafts with your son. And it, like I said, you got, it seems like you got a lot of good stuff going on in life and it's, you know,
1: it is. And I, I try so hard not to like compartmentalize it because, you know, Danny in the suit, who's, you know, talking to a room of people, I'm still the the goofy mom who's playing in the mud pit and, you know, giving pet names to my chickens. And I, I'm just so grateful that I'm able to be all of these things. And I'm so grateful for all the opportunities I've had in this community and the people that have, you know, helped me and continue to help me along the way. It's just, it's a great place to be.
0: Yeah, it's cool. So, Danny, I appreciate you coming on. Um, anything if people need to reach out, connect with you, how can they do it?
1: Um, professionally, LinkedIn is the best option. If you want some great chicken and goat content, uh, Danny underscore Kathleen is my Instagram account. Um, it's really all it is is toddlers and goats and chickens, uh, but it's really great content. I'm telling you, <laughs> we're coming up on summer. We're getting the garden ready. It's about to. It's about to get crazy.
0: I, you know, what I got a lot of friends that are into gardening right now.
1: Oh, it's so great. And it,
0: it's funny because I don't know if it's just the we're hitting the age now that that's like become a thing for people. But I find that people probably from quarantine or from uh, from the pandemic, everybody's just like diving into different projects. So I've seen, like, I have some friends that have some like really good gardens. I'm like, I I, I kill any plant. There's no green in my room because they just die. But no, um, get yourself
1: a pair of overalls. And that's the first step. I'm telling that's you, it? it'll change your life.
0: That's it. I'm going to have to get some overalls then. Um, <laughs> so Danny, thank you very much. Um, you. Yes. Look out for Danny. She's doing some great stuff. TDC, Um, doing some great stuff, great organization there. Um, And that's it. That is episode, what are we, 132 of the Galen Trombley Show. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.